Just less than a week after Consensus 2022, we have convened a consensus of our own. It's time for the BitMart Brain Trust here on the NFT 101 podcast. I am your host, as per usual, Matt Ryan, and I am joined by the usual roustabouts and muckrakers, Nathan Simone and Khalid eBay. But we have somebody else with us this week. We have a third member, a third part of the brain trust that is sans me that is actually smarter than me in all things crypto you know him from across the crypto verse he is taekwon crypto aka logan aka tkk which is what we will probably be calling him throughout the majority of this program tkk thank you so much for taking the time to join us here and be a part of the bitmart brain trust for a week glad to be here so just fresh off of Consensus 2022, and I know Kalichi and Nathan, you guys got to know each other a little bit better and got to get a firsthand look at the world of crypto heading into the end, the second half of 2022. How are you guys doing? And TKK, when we get into this, what were your thoughts on Consensus and what were some of the things that stood out? Well, I'll tell you my general thoughts are I just love the fact that conferences are going again in general, right? So there's this whole uh, sense of unity. And like, to me, that's the biggest value is just getting people together again in person, face to face. Um, So seeing that back and the energy that comes with that is very exciting. Um, I had actually gone a few weeks before to permission list down in Florida and, um, and it had just this killer energy. It was just so, so great. Um, to see, you know, and, and, and to be fair, that was just as the market was crashing pretty bad. So uh, I, I wondered if a lot of people went to permissionless sort of to get uh, assurance again that, that this thing is real, that we do. Um, so I don't know, but, but I enjoyed the conference. I really enjoyed getting to meet people. I spent most of my time actually just visiting with the vendors because that's to me where the real value is, you know, the, the, the speakers are cool, but I, mean, I think I've been in crypto long enough, to, you know, summer 2019, which isn't, doesn't make me an OG at all, but, uh, uh, but maybe a little OG because most of the people I meet are kind of still pretty like nine months in and stuff. Um, and so most of the speaker panels aren't particularly interesting to me. Um, so I, but I really like the vendor booth and I get to meet great guys like uh, your team here. Yeah, and you know, I'm a neophyte when it comes to the world of crypto and NFTs. I got hired because my voice sounded pretty. That was actually what they were looking for. Uh, They were hiring someone with a pretty (laughs) voice who can make this talk speak words. But Nathan, Kalichi, you guys were down there, and you guys got to take a look at what's going on. You got a heartbeat of of the world of crypto and NFTs in consensus. And also just on the way back, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I saw a story this week, and it was on the non-fungible news uh, this past week, about property in New York being handled via an NFT. And we we talked about you. We talked about use cases. We talked about real estate on this show uh, last time. And I just wanted to get everybody else's thoughts about now the rising trend. New York real estate, this building going for $29.5 million in American money, in USD, and it's being transferred over to crypto. But initially, the value dropped with the price of Ether. Is this a time for people to get creative in the world of crypto and NFTs? Is this the time for people to experiment? Or since we're in the midst of a bear market and we're seeing a lot of, you know, tightening and we're seeing a lot of restrictions come about internationally, is this going to end up being a problem across the board? Well, let me tell you something here, okay? 
you're going to get Kalichi all wound up when you're talking about <laughs> property and NFTs in the metaverse and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm going to wind him up, okay? Because I got to know him real well during Consensus. We actually shared a hotel room in Austin. I feel like he's one of my crypto brothers now, okay? I also <laughs> got to meet taekwon crypto there and i gotta say this guy has a blinding white smile and a vice-like grip <laughs> he so is watch handsome. out for him okay he is he is look at him he that, that's why i said you know he's got a cherubic face he's got to be on video okay but kalichi would be the one to talk about property in the metaverse because the guy is going ham on that so i'm not even going to mm -hmm. speak i'm going to let him talk on that <laughs> um just okay going back to the initial question about uh, consensus um like Nathan will attest to this, like we did not have like a lot of, uh, uh, like we didn't have the opportunity to really um, go around, you know, the different vendors and the different like panels to actually listen to the conversations. Um, so most of my time was spent, you know, uh, at the Bitmart um, booth, you know, and, you know, whether that be giving out gears or you know telling people about BitMart, um, so that's kind of so we had we had like different shifts. So my shift was in the afternoons, like around one to five. So uh, my I will always try to come and come in early, like around ten to eleven, to just like walk around and ask questions and stuff. So I did that, and I met with a lot of I guess interesting like projects in different ecosystems uh, so i met with people from you know the ethereum ecosystem the cardano ecosystem and the hedera hashgraph ecosystem and my 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 interest was obviously <laughs> the nfts and metaverse so that's kind of what my questions uh was all about so i got to meet with um, the hedera hashgraph community um and you know, just asking them about the NFT ecosystem, um, you know, come to find out that they don't have a large NFT ecosystem yet. Um, so that could be like a blessing mm -hmm. and a curse. You know, it could be an opportunity or it could also be like no one's interested, <laughs> interested yeah. in building anything on the Hedera, um, like a blockchain. But I mean, it's one of those things where if you're early and you innovate, um, especially, you know, when you look at what I'm doing in my own project, you know, uh, like a 3D, kind of a 3D metaverse type uh, play, uh, if you're doing that in, in such an ecosystem, um, not only are you going to get the first mover advantage, you're also going to get a lot of support from the, the dev team, from, the, um, from that ecosystem, in this case, the Herdera Hashgraph ecosystem. So I found that to be really interesting. And yeah, I also spoke to some other projects doing NFT stuff and I, I collected their contact details and everything. But yeah, it was it was a fun experience. I got to meet Charles Hoskinson. I saw Vitalik, um, which was very, very cool. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I saw um, Brad um, Garlinghouse from uh, Ripple. I just walked past him. I was, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I just walked past Brad Garlinghouse. Um, but that was cool. That was interesting. And then, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fun going back to your question, uh, math about, you know, the NFT, uh, metaverse play, uh, it's really, really so nascent, you know, like the fact that you are trying to, um, basically tokenize like real estate 
from the physical world to the digital world, you know, obviously you have to think about, you know, the price of ether, um, you know, that, you know, that will affect the, the, the value of the real estate. So as a real estate, you know, I guess developer or, or seller, you have to put those things into consideration, you know, to know that the market is not just up only, you know, you can act, you can actually uh, lose your value if your um, property is denominated in ETH. So that is, yeah, that is, that's the only downside I see. Um, but when it comes to the, obviously um, uh, verifying, you know, the property um, and putting it in, in a much, uh, to a much larger audience, you know, as an NFT, um, that's an advantage, you know, but it, like you said, the disadvantage would be the, the price of Ether like going down uh, in this bear market. So, yeah, so that's my, kind of my take on that. No, no one's selling real estate denominating in ETH. So wait, what, what are we talking about here? What's the backup, Matt? What was the story you're talking about? So, yeah, there's a building in New York City. They can't necessarily sell the building in ETH. New York State real estate law forbids yeah. that. But they're Good. selling basically the rights to buy it. And there's no financial transaction on the other end. So basically, it's a workaround through this company called Okada & Co., and they listed the building. They bought it for about nine, 16 to 19 million in late 2021. And they're flipping it for a profit of about 10 to 13 million because the world's getting back to what would be considered normal here in New York City. Yeah. So offices are opening up again. People are heading back into sure. work and property prices are going fairly yeah. insane. And yeah. as we look at this idea of a token eye, of an NFT acting as basically your deed of property, your deed of ownership, which is one of the use cases that we've talked about on this show when it comes to developing the idea yeah. of NFTs. Well, what's your take on this? And should people be bullish about opportunities like this in, in major cities? I know Miami's been delving really heavy into Miami coin and trying to become a crypto hub, a techno hub in that regard mm -hmm. with the minimal amount of, of fresh real estate in that area. Yeah. Where, what's your take on this? And do you see this becoming a trend or is this an outlier? No, I do. I think it's the future of real estate. But let me be clear, it's not denominated in ETH. Uh, the, the term NFT is not ETH specific. The, the technical, if you want to dive into it, non-fungible token, the, the acronym itself, uh, it is just a nomenclature for representing something more interesting. The technical term for it in ETH is an ERC721 token, the original standard. That's different than other standards. Um, in that it is non-fungible uh, to be unique. It is unique, right? So um, there's a, a realty, David Hoffman's deal, I've followed for, for a couple of years now, and they are doing this legally in the US and, and they have something like 100 or so, maybe more properties under management. And so um, I think it's game changing. Yeah, because uh, just think about any of us. If you, what if the four of us right now wanted to buy, a, hey, let's go into business, let's buy a, a, a rental property. Um, how would we do that, right? We have to like form an LLC or put some kind of legal thing in place and go sign some stuff. And there's this bureaucracy. Um, and then once we have that thing formed, then we have to go raise the money and, and buy it. And so are we all pitching in 25%, whatever? Um, and so anyway, you, you get it, the traditional way of doing it, but the way you can do it on chain, um, it's still an LLC, right? They have a company and, and, but, but now your buying pool isn't just four of us, 
what if you know you want to buy a hundred thousand dollar property and you want to chop it into uh, let's just make it simple say a hundred thousand nfts where every nft is a dollar and a dollar denominated in usd coin not not ethereum um so now anybody can buy one one hundred thousandths of a home for one dollar or you could come in and buy ten thousand of it for ten thousand dollars um, and, and own 10% of the property and get 10% of the revenue. Um, and that can be done all, I mean, what feels like magic, right? So now like the flow of that money, there's a, you know, they actually have a real renter and that person pays money and they take that money and they, you know, the 5% of like the top level deal goes to like a you know property management company because somebody's got to go collect the check and somebody has to have a bank account and all that stuff. But once the money flows, it goes back into crypto into a stable coin and then gets distributed to all of those NFTs equally. And, and because the blockchain lets you do stuff down to like the 0.00000, you know, like, so, you know, you're actually generating 10% revenue immediately. And then one day when you went out of your position, this is the real power, is now I'm done being exposed to real estate. I just have to go find a buyer for my tokens. And I don't have to do that in, by asking some guy that I know or posting on a forum. I just list them on a marketplace where anybody in the world can buy them. Um, the real problem, of course, is regulation and, and legality and fleshing all that out, but the technology is there and it's game changing. It, it would be interesting for fractional ownership to work like that on that level, but a lot of people who enter real estate do it for the short term, for short term. A lot mm -hmm. of people are in it to turn and burn. We're seeing that a lot. And we're also seeing a lot of large, you know, leverage backed corporations mm -hmm. uh, go into the real estate business. And I think it's having a deteritous effect on the middle class of this country because less and less people are able to be homeowners. They are mm -hmm. becoming much like a lot of people in New York City. They're becoming renters in yeah. homes in the suburbs. And I, I don't know if that's going to have a good long term effect on the economy could mm -hmm. nft ownership and can fractional ownership work on the in in favor of a middle class home owning society or is this something and also mm -hmm. a fractional ownership in real estate does that does that work as a value prop for the investor in the long term when it's becoming you would have to invest in either so many tokens or in so many properties to see a real net return well, uh uh, I don't know if that, I'll, I'll keep chatting. Oh, I'll keep, I'll keep answering it. I, I, there, you know, the, the point for me is, is, ex, is making equal access to that type of exposure. And if, if every home was fractionalized, I could buy what I can afford today and then slowly try to buy the rest. And eventually if I own a hundred percent of the tokens, I have a hundred percent ownership of a property. So I, you know, could potentially, as long as there was a seller, eventually own fully as many properties as I want. And then I could turn and liquidate them if I wanted to the same way as any other real estate. So the, the concepts aren't any different. Your, your point about um, affordability in middle class squeezing, getting squeezed out isn't a crypto problem, right? That's a no, it's a, a societal really, problem more than just, anything. Yeah, yeah I'm just, right. so, I'm just so looking at it from the, the endemic perspective. So, well, I think to answer your question, I think it does help the middle class because you can begin to buy ownership. And more, more than that, they can begin to develop wealth by taking a hundred bucks and buying something that has value over time. They can't do that today. It's, it, the, you can't have exposure to the real estate market. The average consumer doesn't have that 
you have to be an accredited investor still today to do it in the US. But if I could, you know, I think about ways of building wealth, everybody wants to generate, everybody's saying, God, you know, Rias thinking any, any book by anybody who has any money, who has any advice on, on making money, it's about generating revenue on your assets. And real estate is like the number one play that does it. I can't imagine there's a single wealthy person in the world by whatever standard you gauge wealthy in financial terms who doesn't have exposure to real estate. And that is the middle class and the lower class is blocked out of that entire segment. So I think blockchain makes that possible for that market. So that's that's a very good point. I think, and and thanks for correcting me about the, the ETH um, denomination. Yeah, so stable coins would be a great um, uh, way to go about doing that. Um, so I know for a fact that um, there's, there's this company called Republic.co. Um, they they kind of let you like buy like uh, fractionalized um, um, exposure to real estate where you can mm-hmm. invest just um, like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. And I know there's another company I cannot remember the name right now that they do something similar. So in a way, it's similar to you know what you're saying, um, TKK about you know, given the middle-class exposure. Um, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the, where the benefits of where and is that now that asset is now tradable. Like you can, you can, you can pass over the rights to that real estate, like you said, to just like in a marketplace and then, you know, be able to like transfer all that property rights to the, to the next owner. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I think that's I, I. think that's one of the power of NFTs, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, is that the the technology? What blockchain is doing? I mean, you know, when crypto blew up, I mean, I, I can't count. I mean, my my financial advisor four or five even years ago, and crypto was getting going. I asked him about. It. He's like, I oh, said this. They all had the same canned answer, which is like, well, I don't know about crypto, but blockchain's great. And, and everybody's, you know, black, although everybody talks blockchain, cool, but like to, to dismiss the currency um, is, to, anyway, I, you know, I think the currency is important too, um, because that's how those blockchains really work and how they value all this stuff. But, it, it, but, but their point is also good. Blockchain is revolutionary and, right. and doing it well and doing it right. Uh, yeah, it's radically changed. It's radically changing everything. Um, and so we're still a long way away from it being felt. Um, but really, I mean, it shouldn't be, right? I don't know. I mean, to be fair, like we, no one, no consumer should feel it. Um, there's just so much crap in between I me. Mean, I do feel I, it's so cliche, but I really do think we're all still so early, but from a technical perspective, I love, I became long on crypto cause I'm a nerd, a computer science major, and I dig this kind of stuff. And when I realized as I, as I dug into these questions, these hard questions, um, I was really blown away with the ideas of the importance of, of decentralization and immutability and, uh, and just near time transactions um, and accessibility. Yeah. That anybody with a, with a wallet uh, can transact globally is just mind blowing to me in, in, in seconds. And I think that's the important thing with shows like yours. P- please, if you can't find Taekwondo Crypto on YouTube, you're you're doing it wrong. But if you can find him across social media, like shows like what you're doing on YouTube and what we do here uh, in the audio and visual spaces to help educate people, help give a better layer right. of understanding to the marketplace. Like this is something that 
in the right hands can be the thing that really allows for financial independence for hundreds of millions of people right. across the world. Like we run into these real problems uh, economically where there isn't true access to bank accounts to, and this is something me and Nathan have been, you know, researching and working on for different presentations we're working with BitMart on. And the, the potential is truly there. But it comes down to adoption and the the rise of the internet yeah. created this conversation and we've seen it endemic in all societies yeah. to where whenever there's a new piece of technology, whenever there's a new way of doing things or if there's a radical idea at present, it's always going to be met with derision because going f as far back as the advent of fire, humans are scared of new things and they're, they're not perceptible to change immediately. The early adopters are either the revolutionaries, the ideologues, or those who are looking to, and this is with everything, look to scam people. And it's really hard to discern those three buckets when you're on the outside looking in, which is kind of why shows like yours, shows like ours are really important to give a neutral or in, an educational view of the space. You know, and real quick, I'm just going to add something in here. You know, uh, TKK brings up a, a great point about fractional ownership. And I wanted to, since we're about education here, bring up a psychological concept called unit bias, which is why most people are resistant to fractional ownership. And they say, I don't want to own 1% of a house. I want to own the house, you know, which I guess you can always conventionally do with a mortgage. But a little tip here, you don't actually own the house until the mortgage is paid off, right? But if you, but fractional ownership, um, so people want to own one of something, they want to own the whole thing. It's a, it's a psychological tendency that we all have that we has been studied. It's why people don't want to buy 0.0001 Bitcoin. They want to own one Litecoin or something that they can afford. But what you have to think a few steps deeper with this, where if real estate or a business or whatever, if you're allowed to have fractional ownership of it, wouldn't you want to own 1% of a Starbucks? It's like you go into a Starbucks, you know, it makes money. I know 1% of that might only be 20 bucks a day, but it's 20 bucks more than the zero that you're currently getting. And so when we apply that to real estate or NFTs and these unique opportunities that are already right here in the space, but they're just developing, perhaps being regulated, uh, perhaps having some sort of framework to where the scammers and the you know degenerates are being weeded out of the space uh, or out of the mainstream space, it's, it's something to think about, right? Don't shy away from stuff just because you're not going to get 100% up right there. It's at the same mentality as stacking sats, right? You don't have enough to afford one Bitcoin, got to stack sats until you get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good point. And I just want to like touch on something real quick. Um, the whole idea of not being able to own a house, uh, of, like, you know, that's that's obviously a problem, you know, uh, for most people, but we're going to start having the conversation about you, the ability to own a house in the metaverse. And this oh, is yeah. what, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> sorry, don't get him wound up. Don't get him wound up. He's going to go crazy. Look at him. He can't even talk right now. Someone, someone's building their dream <laughs> metaverse house in their head right now. <laughs> oh man, oh. I'm back. Are you yeah, sure? That, Are you yeah. Sure? Okay. <laughs> yes. That would be that would be the that would be the next step, right? If you can't afford a house in the real world, 
you might be able to afford a house in the metaverse. And um, and the thing most people don't understand is in the metaverse, those houses actually have utility. They actually um, generate a revenue. Um, I was explaining this um, to Nathan and, and Matt the other day where, you know, for example, if you own a house that has a solar panel um, in the metaverse, um, there, um, there, there are projects. Um, in this case, one of them is on the Cardano blockchain called Local Homes. And there's another one called VBlocks, where essentially you can be, you can be earning like, um, like a token um, just because you have a home that has that solar panel on it. Um, you can still earn revenue on the other properties, right? But not as much as owning one that has a solar panel. So right now, these properties, they're going for like, you know, when you, when you look at the ADA price, um, it's going for around like, you know, 15 to like, you know, 50 bucks per, per home. Um, and I think it's one of those things where like when, the, when, the, uh, when everybody else is priced out from the real world uh, market, uh, once people start understanding that this metaverse properties are actually worth something, I think there will be a huge FOMO to get in those houses. I know it sounds crazy, or oh, I'm going to own a house in a metaverse, but this is where the world is going right now. Uh, you can actually own like five, 10 properties and you can get them for like, you know, like 200 bucks. Um, and those, because those properties generate revenue, in this case, tokens that you can actually sell in the secondary market, um, those houses become very, very valuable. And now I can, I can sell that property to someone that wants to pay, you know, for whatever um, amounts that I deem um, appropriate for that particular house. So, and when, once you start thinking about the other use cases that you can actually add to these properties, uh, for example, like um, some kind of a game, um, you know, like a, like a game that can be applied in those um, different you know, um, houses, you know, it starts becoming more and more valuable to own those properties. So I think that's one thing we should look into or people should look into. The fact that you cannot get a house in the real world, you should probably be looking to get some houses and uh, some real estate in the metaverse. Just, just, Kalichi, just that's that crazy. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I disagree with all of that. So, um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, good. We have, yeah. we have just, reached just, an just, impasse and or want, detente. Yeah. You can leave this Zoom call now. Just want to, just, just want to be clear why, as this, as this why video do you plays disagree out. With it? Uh, well, I disagree particularly that anybody should be looking right now for houses. Um, there's, you know, I, I didn't understand. I, I mean, I, I've played in Decentraland. Um, I'm in a lot of NFT projects and I'm not sure any one of them uh, have bought land in the same metaverse. Um, so there's a problem of uh, where this stuff's going to creep up, um, where the, the, the best is going to become. And then mm -hmm. you just, you, you know, if you're just going to take the analogy, the same, uh, somebody's going to end up Detroit and somebody's going to end up Beverly Hills. Um, and, and so if you, if, if like, if you want to take that risk this early, cool, you know? Um, but like, if you're going to buy land, maybe the Yuga's crap is like the way to go. If you can afford two and a half, three, ETH, 
Um, but you're not betting on, you know, you're not betting on like the land being anything special. You're just betting on the brand and that's where big money is going to converge. So I think there are smart ways to play uh, owning a house, so to speak, in the metaverse. But like all things, it, it circles around ind individual goals. So I'm just not a person who subs subscribes to like all land. Uh, is going to have value like all land kind of does in the real world because it truly is finite and there isn't a finite bound to the metaverse. That's such a good point. That's So actually what yeah. you're saying, TKK, is there actually right now, I hadn't thought of that, there's no uh, Bitcoin of the metaverse right now. There's no like super central popular metaverse that has mm -hmm. one as a competitor, right? No. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, so, you know, there's not a, yeah, there's not a, yeah, the good, that's a good one. The Bitcoin one, right? Bitcoin has value because it's the biggest, most decentralized, most secure network. There's not a biggest, most decentralized land play at the moment. Um, they're all building it and they're all building it because they're the technology is now there to build it. So uh, it's not a surprise where we are, but I'm just super uninterested in metaverse stuff personally um, because the gateway for me kind of starts with NFT and projects that I'm interested in. And then I want to go like where they are. So, you know, there's, you know, if, if I want to invest, cool, then I'm going to follow the market and I'm going to try to buy you know, the same flipping mentality. Can I buy something? The idea that I could buy a house and then do some upgrades and flip it does not seem reasonable to me yet. Um, and, and if a world exists where people are priced out of real homes and they're turning to the metaverse, to buy land, then we really are in sort of a ready player one society. And I will have rethought my position on it. I, you know what? That's, I really that's like kind hearing, of where we're going. <laughs> I really like hearing both of those opinions because you both make just excellent points. I like the kind of constructive criticism going back and forth. And unless Matt has another question that he wants to lead this conversation, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, TKK, you said, oh, I'm not really interested in that. My next question would be like, Oh, okay, what are you interested in? Because I wanted to go down that road. But Matt, yeah. do you have anything else? That, that you was to... literally the same thing I was about to ask. Wow, that's so, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So same mind. You didn't steal my thunder, but you just kind of set it up. You yeah. pick and rolled oh. on that one. So TK... all glory, all glory be to Matt. <laughs> that's Stop fair. It. So I'm, I'm most interested in uh, in people and technology. So um, you know the, the Bitcoin got it. Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. It's if you can find you an Android with it with a heart, a quality heart. Um, so, uh, so, so I, I gravitate to you know really strong tech plays, um, and so it's so why I like Bitcoin. I think everybody should have some exposure to those in the long term. Um, you know the you know, top market cap coins, I guess. Um, and then, and then um, people. So. Like to me, the biggest value driver between NF behind NFTs is, is the teams behind them, um, not not the art itself. So um, hopefully they're the same, right? You shouldn't buy you typically won't buy a piece of art you don't like, um, but really don't buy a piece of art as a long term play unless you have some familiarity uh, with the team behind it. So. So yeah, teams and technology, people and technology. But TKK, so, what if it has a cool monkey attached to it? Yeah, stay fair away from question. It. Yeah, 
Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. monkeys. I thought yeah. anything with a monkey, I thought that was long term. That was good. It's like we are monkeys, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, we yeah, are monkeys. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Doesn't that so, logic make sense? Right. It does. So I yeah. only buy it, things with monkeys. Okay. okay? So, okay. I wanna monkeys, ask and monkeys and dogs. Monkeys and dogs. I want to ask TKK a uh, question. So I'm, what I'm hearing is like you're not interested in the metaverse, like houses in the metaverse, because mm-hmm. um, from what I'm hearing, there's no like utility or there's no reason to own those houses. What if in the future, like, because like you said, right now, like a lot of those projects are building um, mm-hmm. like use cases uh, mm-hmm. for those properties. Um, one example of the use case would be those properties can also be used as collateral to get a loan, just like you can do in the real world. So my question is, once you get to that point where there's those utility, I mean, just, just similar to like current, um, the NFT market right now, if you tell someone who buys real art in the real world mm-hmm. to go buy like a, like an NFT, they, they look at you like you're crazy. Like, mm-hmm. so there's that um, apprehension from those people but my question is, once those utilities starts, you know, once, once a project starts like really like making this utility obvious and, you know, valuable, would that be something you, you're going to look into or you're just not going to, you're not going to touch it regardless? Uh, you can't, you can't uh, talk, you can't separate utility from demand. So every project claims utility. Um, so you can add all the utility you want. No one's going to lend you anything against a property that doesn't have clear and Oracle-based demand price. So it's the, I don't care about utility. Every, everybody's got, everybody should have some utility. Most of utility, even if utility is access to the artist. So like if, if you're buying art um, because you like the art, that, artist is going to appreciate you purchasing their thing and they're going to give you access to themselves if they're a reasonable human so like that that's the demand if i like this person he's a good artist having access to them is interesting so metaverses can say all they want they can announce you can they, they can't announce you can borrow against it unless you really can borrow against it you never will be able to borrow against it unless there's a lender who sees the demand of that property that he's willing to give you anything for it. So no, there's nothing about utility that's like really exciting for me, um, especially as we've seen this huge sell-off. It's just really clear there isn't demand on the other side of this. So so no, I mean, to answer your question, the utility, if if someone's an only, there's nothing about someone saying that I got utility that's going to make me be like, oh yeah, cool, I want to buy this. It would, yeah. be, it would be the utility, the, the way to get early would be for them to align the utilities where I think the demand's going to come. But I mean, right. that's, that's who knows what the hell that is. Yeah, so that's kind of the point I'm making when, once we get to that point where there's like an Oracle-based, like, um, um, I guess, uh, an Oracle-based, um, basically the fact that you can verify that this house is worth like X amount right. and I'm willing to take a loan against it. Yeah, sure. I'm saying right now we don't have that yet. But, yeah, but, but my, the land's my, the same, right? What's the difference in 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 getting utility from from land and getting utility from owning a doodle or a pawn bot or right. Um, I mean it's the same thing. I know if, if if the reason why I'm buying it, I, I don't expect utility of houses to be any different than utility of any other NFT. Right, right, right. So 
like we, like basically we're seeing the same thing with even with DeFi protocols. Like mm-hmm. it, there's still some like apprehension to to get a, mm-hmm. a loan with your with your Bitcoin or with your Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Um, but like people do it right now. You know, you know, mm-hmm. there are some DeFi protocols where you can go get um, loan against your ETH, mm-hmm. against your Bitcoin or wrapped yeah. Bitcoin. Um, that is already well developed in the mm-hmm. DeFi ecosystem. And my yeah. personal like argument is that NFTs will get to that point in the future. Yeah. Same. Not now, but totally maybe five or ten years from now. Five to ten years from now. Hundred percent agree. Right. So again, but the point of trying to but, make... don't, but don't sneak and land there. NFTs have yeah yes, they're nfts but it's not they're nft those absolutely. lands are nfts yeah. absolutely i'm agreeing with your statement that nfts <laughs> are value and people can borrow against nfts in the future we're familiar with projects who are already doing that bitmart i'm sure is gonna get in you know get in that story right <laughs> so so but that's not I'm, i just want me i want you to twist my words later and be like ctkk is long on land i'm long on, I'm long on nfts I'm uh, not, okay okay i was just waiting for kalichi to start shouting or uh you know <laughs> Say that he's going to offer land via Bitmart. Uh, five seconds away from ringing a bell and seeing what happens. Yeah, oh yeah, nice, Matt's, nice. Matt comes. Matt comes from the professional wrestling world and UFC and all that. So nice. he he's ready nice. to he's ready Let's to go. host this. Okay, <laughs> y'all need to link up. The screens need to join, and then we got to get some fisticuffs. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the the NFT to where you can fight people over yeah, Zoom. Yeah, that... it's gonna come. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pause it. We'll all jump into like a UFC pit. There'll be a game where we can fight each other. Yeah. Oh well, speaking of that, Matt just had an interview about that with Muhammad Ali. Matt, would you like to explain how that's basically out right now? Yeah. So there's a game coming out. Uh, Altered State Labs is. Oh, pardon me. Altered State Machine is coming out with a game called Muhammad Ali, the next legends. And it's basically a game where you can create the next world champion boxer. It's got elements of utility in NFTs. It's got a little bit of a, you know, a Mike Tyson punch out training element to it. And there's a lot of stuff that out of the box that are going to be surprises. And it was a great conversation with Phil Williams. Uh, If you want to listen to that, it's in the archives on the NFT 101 podcast page. If you're watching this on YouTube and seeing the fact that my lighting went dead. Oh, no but when it comes to those those metaverse experiences i would love to see a day where any reddit or twitter argument could be solved in a metaverse fight <laughs> i want to see that one oh, day where hell yeah anonymous hell yeah. anonymous screen names just slap boxing in a metaphorical octagon you know eight sorry eight sided cage don't sue me dana uh but like you have the opportunity to do things like that and create these situations there's a lot of ways to solve a lot of terrible internet arguments <laughs> utilizing nfts and this and the metaverse concept i'm i'm looking to sell we actually spoke with a metaverse fight promoter they were showing an mma card in the metaverse i was based out of new zealand and and i feel like if we just had avatars fighting each other inside the metaverse it's it's next level to karate fighters the toys we had when we were kids that you put them on those little spinning doodads and you just basically Mm -hmm. had them play uh, rock'em sock'em robots but with kicks but i i feel like there's a lot of utility in solving arguments with nfts and see see, if if there was if there was a house whose utility was (laughs) if i was in the house looking through the window i could see all of those fights for free 
I, I would be interested in that house. Well, gentlemen, we have a mission. NFT Fight House is coming soon to a metaphorical metaverse near Meta. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Invest in our startup. It's called uh, Fight. Uh, fight Club's already taken in trademark. Fight House. Yeah, Fight House. Meta, to you by, meta uh, Fight. Meta fight, something like it, especially on Reddit. It 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 goes to that yeah. old adage of uh, you know if your dad didn't tell you this growing up, I'll just tell it to you. Everybody's listening out there. Don't talk crap unless you're gonna bra- uh, back mm. it up, okay? Because it's just, <laughs> it's just not gonna work out for you, okay? Mm. <laughs> um, if you can back it up, I guess you can talk all the crap that you want to. But that's usually an adage I try and live by, right? Kindness rules. So. Right. Arguing um, on the internet when you win, you lose. That's kind of the old adage. Yeah, and then you, you kind of have to think, too, if you're arguing with people alone in your room, I don't know, how's your life really going? So I'm not going to know. Next time I talk to my therapist, I'll bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Why don't we, why don't we like, talk? Um, I, I know, TKK, I know you, you do have a, um, like an NFT project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah that's what I was going to get at. Please yeah. expound on this. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. The, um, NFT, I started a a business called NFT fan fiction. Um, the, I've been doing, and I've been in NFT communities now, probably about nine, nine months. And I've just found the most joy in my crypto journey, connecting with artists and artist communities. Um, and, and it's provided a, a lift to my, uh, like the time I spend in crypto. Like I enjoy being in community in real conversations with these folks. And so, um, so on that journey, I've started thinking about how I can contribute, how I can build. And, and so, you know, anybody wants to build something, you should be good at something. And, and I'm pretty good at writing. Uh, and so, uh, so that, that, and, 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 and I'm not very good at drawing. So, um, so I'm, I'm working on drawing for the record too. I'm really proud of that, but, um, but, but writing seemed fun and, I've all, and I like creative writing. And so just, you know, in particular, the first, so I, I launched a comic and, and it's, it's, it's based around the Skullpunks community, but what's really cool and really personal about it for me is, is the characters that I use in the comic are real people from the community. So like I've been in the Skullpunks community long enough that like I started talking and we started a, a channel and literally I asked the community, Hey, I, I wrote the story and then I said, Hey, I need a protagonist. Um, who should it be voting open? And I let the people sort of pick who should be like, who's worthy of like being the main guy based on like this real person that we all kind of, you know, love. And then, uh, and then as I, you know, okay, Hey, now that, you know, they, they need, as people would talk, I would just take their input and I would assign them roles. So all the characters in the comic are their names are their crypto names. And the PFP that I use is their PFP. Like they got to choose it. And, and the comic I wrote is kind of like a ready player one matrix mashup type thing. And so there's like an in real life person. And then there's like the inside the metaverse person inside the metaverse they are their PFP. And then I let them pick who they want to be in real life. Like, Hey, give me a, send me a, you know, one of the guys sent me a picture. He's like, Oh, I want to look like Gerard Butler. <laughs> and so I looked up, I, I looked up Gerard Butler. And I, found, I found one of him. that's like really big and fat. And I was like, like this Gerard Butler. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a lot of fun. So just had a lot, it's, it's a really, it's a really deeply personal like process and writing the story and then, and then, and then just doing it. Like, can I do it? And so I had to find an artist and, and, um, and it's good. Like, like the story's good. Um, what's really cool though. And like where my mind goes is, is, is like, what's the utility, right? I didn't feel comfortable asking people to just like buy a comic, um, to give, you know, give me ETH and own this comic. Like that, 
that's okay. But if you can go buy a real comic for like five bucks, why are you going to spend, you know, 50 in ETH? Um, if we use the USD term, so the USD relative price. So, um, so what, what I do is, is 50% of my sales turn around and buy the Skullpunk's floor and, and lock them away into a community owned NFT vault. So this is the real value proposition for supporting NFT fan fiction. And for any project who wants something like this is, is it's in, you know, this is kind of the trifecta for me is like, as a community member, I get to build something that I enjoy and helps bring awareness to the brand. Um, as a project owner for Skullpunks, they get to empower that community member to grow brand awareness, but revenue comes back and buys their art. And as buyers of the comic, you get access. If you collect all of them, you can burn and then you can have access to that vault at the end of the season. So there's a way in which the comic can serve as a real interesting NFT for them beyond entertainment. That's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty powerful right there. Um, I can see a lot of projects wanting to do some kind of collaboration with you uh, because it just makes sense. Like it's a win-win, win-win-win um, situation for for everybody. Um, and um, correct me if I'm wrong. Will the the NFTs locked in the vault? Would that be like um, would it would it be some kind of a discount or will it be uh, will it still be tied to the the real price in, in the open market? Uh, no idea what I'm going to do with the contents in the vault. It's it's, up, you know, it's going to be up to the the NFT vault owners. So right. I just know I'm going to buy them. So I'm you know I'm going to collect as many as I can. As many people will buy comics, I will continue to buy that floor. And that's the beauty of blockchain. It's all transparent. You can go in the wallet. You can see the purchases. I announce them. It's all really easy to see what's going on with the with the, the flow of tokens. So, you know, what's really cool about it is if you play it out each, you know, super nerdy, but each, each, there's 300 copies of, of episode one of chapter one, and there's a 10 season arc. So there'll, there'll be 3000 total NFTs, um, but never more than 300. So you have to own all 10. So there'll never be, never be more than 300 owners of the vault. There's a lot of game theory that can be played out. So whether or not how that works, but the cool, I mean, like it actually plays out. Like if I can market it and get buyers and get people behind believing in it, like I can make a substantial dent in the Skullpunks floor by locking away their supply. Mm-hmm, so it's right. just kind of, it's mm-hmm. kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where like, how does price go up? Right. It's supply and demand. And, mm-hmm. and at the core of, of, of the comic for Skullpunks is a real avenue to really reduce supply. Um, and so what's fun is because that can drive up the price. And now at the end, you have this locked supply that comic holders have access to and they do whatever they want. I mean, if, if at that time we want to raffle them off and, and just distribute them straight up to comic holders, great. If they choose to sell them and find a way to, you know, legally do something with that ETH, like, cool, that's cool too. Like, I have no, I really have no idea. I just know that I want to, uh, I just know that I really love Skullpunks in the community. They've given me a, kind of a home and a place in my NFT journey. Um, I'm super long on the team. I enjoy writing. So my first comic was natural fit to do it around this particular project. And this buying idea is makes me really proud of it because it's not just like, hey, cool, you know, I'm making ETH on it or whatever. And I haven't made any. So I've sold 35 copies or so. And, and I've actually spent 100% on the, of the revenue on Skullpunks, there's currently have 16 of them in the community wallet. So, um, so 
this yeah. this is this is a great use case like for nfts that we keep talking about because if you if you go buy a regular comic it, like you don't have access to these other utilities that the blockchain can provide you you yeah. know like the community uh, being attached to a brand um, in this case the um, nft fan fiction brand and also the skull punks brand you know, it, this this like community element to NFTs that like gives a lot of power, a lot of ownership power to people who actually buy those NFTs. And yeah, I think that's, that's okay. that. Yeah, that's something a lot of people don't understand about NFTs. They think about it as just this crazy thing you're just buying uh, on the on the internet, but it comes a lot of utility. You know, and that's it, like this is a perfect use case, um, like you ex- you just explained on TKK. Well. Look, Kalichi, NFTs are just this crazy thing that you buy on the internet. But besides that, um, yeah, TKK, this is a really interesting use case because I talk to a lot of people um, for BitMart who have projects. And something that comes up is that NFTs in the public mind really haven't progressed behind uh, beyond like artwork and like maybe membership passes, mm-hmm. you know, like utility, mm-hmm. the raw utility. So I've actually haven't seen a lot of writing NFTs. And I know that yeah. technically yours is a comic, so it does have images attached to it. But you'd think mm-hmm. that writing and music NFTs would be more popular than they are right now. And they're just, yeah. they're not, they're like yeah, a yeah. fringe thing. So I'm kind of interested to yeah. get your take on, like if we're super early to NFTs, you're uh-huh. ridiculously early to writing-based NFTs. Yeah. And then of course, you haven't told people where you, they can actually find this out if they're interested. So I want you to plug that immediately. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. So NF, the easiest way is uh, nftfanfiction.xyz, the website. But I have a Twitter account for it, NFT fanfiction. Um, you could go to if they just link to check out my 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 Taekwon crypto bio on Twitter. There's a link to it there too. So it's, if you find me, you can find NFT fanfiction. Um, and, and the comics free actually have a, it's, it's, it's just a PDF, you know, your point about being early. Yeah. There, you know, there, there's a real gap in the market. I've been in a lot of calls where like to call myself an artist feels off because I think about art as drawings, not writing, but writing falls in the realm of art. I, I also sing and songwrite. Like I play guitar and I sing songs. So like that is, that's an artist. Like people, we, we hear artists and we think music and we hear artists and we think, uh, art, uh, you know, drawers, illustrators, we, we don't think writers as artists, even though they are anyway. So, so there's a weird, where I'm trying to really own the fact that, Hey, I am an artist as an identity. So that's, that's a weird one. Um, and then we don't have the tech to really unlock what it means. Like I, I, when you buy my NFT, it's, 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 it's the cover and it unlocks really just a link to a PDF. It's not fancy. Um, Savage Dogs, Martin Beckerman, Becco, they've done a cooler one with, with props where you can kind of, it's, 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 they actually put the, the comic on IPFS and you like interactively read it through a browser. So it's a little, it's a little cooler of an experience. Um, and so, but you know, but I mean, a comic is a good medium to sort of do that, not literature. I haven't given any thought to how books would be NFTs, though I do kind of think everything can become one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, music is also one, but again, the, the tooling's not there to really do anything with it. You can, you can launch a, a, a thing that you listen to, but the membership one is more interesting. Um, you know, if you want access to music, so, but there are people who, who are, who are actively doing music. I actually did a submission, uh, rags, NFT, uh, do they, uh, uh, BitConnect. You had to use it as the base loop and then drop some 
create a beat, you know, so there's people out there who are just vibing in that space um, and they get together and nerd out on this stuff, but it's the same. You're, you're making music and you're releasing it on SoundCloud. We just don't have the tooling to do fun stuff uh, or you know, the, the same kind of fun stuff. I'm not sure it makes sense to like have an NFT SoundCloud or something like I just stuff that's there is fine. Well, um, this, is, this is interesting. I'm going to tell you about this real quick because mm -hmm. I know we're running a little bit low on time sure, here. Yeah. Um, but I told Kalichi about this at Consensus. I interviewed a guy from a service called Tune.fm based on the Hedera hash graph where he's trying to mm -hmm. basically do Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever you want to do mm -hmm. um, as NFTs with music NFTs to the point where you could either invest fractional ownership in emerging artists. You could mm -hmm. put your music there as NFTs and you get microtransactions every time mm -hmm. people stream it. Lots of crazy stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know this because I personally talked to him for an hour and some change uh, for yeah. BitMart because he was listing the jam token there. So yeah. I, I just wanted to let you know, I wouldn't know about it mm -hmm. unless I talked to him because I'm not sure. a musician. I'm not putting that stuff up, but yeah. music NFTs, just like you're talking about the comic yeah. NFTs, there seems to be, there's a little demand for them. And every day that goes on, the yeah. fire gets a little bit bigger. There is. The, it, it, to me, it, it's, it's, again, I mean, I, I try to abstract away the fact that it's crypto because at the end of the day, we're still people and the use cases are still going to revolve around real economic and interesting things. And the idea of brands is what we're going to see emerge, right? Everybody's, what's happened here. So there's a reason why NFT projects now are all starting to write comics. You go on almost any NFT project and they have, they're starting to launch some kind of lore and some kind of comic. And that came after the fact. Um, and, and the reason is they have to build a brand. So music's going to come with that. You know, once you start doing consider animated shorts, um, is going to be the next wave, right? You have, you have art, you have this thing. And then what's going to come is like story. So you're going to want to flesh out what the hell this thing is. What's the, what's the, what's the stinking like canonical lore that, that props up this art. And then there's going to be a, a, a comic or some sort of, you know, illustrations to tell that story. And then it's going to move into animated shorts that tell that story. Um, and then really aggressive, you know, ones that make it will, will, you know, be like a motion picture movie and stuff. Um, you know, or, or a series, you know, more likely a series on Netflix or something. Um, so, so that's the evolution of these brands, I think. And, and music is, is, is kind of just goes there. Once you get to animated, you got to have music. Once you have video, you, you, you got you to do it and get to movies, it's music. And so I think there's gonna be a whole genre, you know, once you get to that point and you're a brand and you're in an NFT world, you're going to try to look for NFT artists. Um, so I, I don't know. That's how I see it playing out. But and I have a bold prediction about NFT music. I think the first thing that's really going to pop on there outside of potentially electronic music is going to be hip hop. Because if you look historically mm -hmm. at the evolution of music on the Internet, especially when you take a look at SoundCloud as the most primary use case, hip hop mm -hmm. has been the thought leader uh, in terms of democratization of music in that way. But TKK, yeah. we can keep going for hours on this stuff. Yeah. My only question to you is, would you like to come back sometime and chop it up with us here on the Bitmark Brain Trust? I love talking this stuff. Starved for conversations, you bet. Well, one more time, tell people how they can find you on social media, on YouTube, some of the places we can find you within yeah. and without of the metaverse, and then we'll get ready to bring this one home. Sure, yeah. Taekwon Crypto, like the T-A-E-K-W-O-N, like the short for Taekwondo. And then it's crypto with a K, so TKK. I actually looked for Taekwondo Crypto with a C when I started the brand, but it was already taken. Um, and so, but I'm glad because TKK has worked out. I like the hard, 
pronunciations yeah. versus who, TKC. Who took it? Who took it? Do they um, not have some, any some respect? Has it. No, I follow yeah, some... him on Twitter. We, we're friends on Twitter and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, Never friends. mind. I was yeah. just kidding. He <laughs> seemed like a good dude, but but uh, apparently I was not first to market on that. So well, just, yeah, just follow okay. that. The NFT fan fiction stuff, it's all there. You'll, you'll come across it, but... So be sure to follow him across social media. Be sure to keep your eye on NFT Fan Fiction. You can follow the gang in the description below. You can also see it on there in the video. You see it on their screens, but you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Ryan Yells. Be sure to follow BitMart across all social media. All the pertinent info is in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or in the description in the little audio box. On wherever you're getting sound, we will be back next week with another edition of the BitMart Brain Trust for Kalicha eBay for Nathan Simone and for TKK. I'm Matt Ryan, and we'll see you next week right here on the BitMart Brain Trust. Stay smart. Keep using BitMart. Later, y'all. Thanks, guys. Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do. We've got to get some legal stuff out of the way. And so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.